podcast, your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. My name is Schmidt, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him. You love him. Mr. Brodinky. What's up, bro? How are you doing? Uh, good. You know, not a ton has transpired since we last spoke. Um, you know, we did a, kind of a late episode last week, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, not a ton has has occurred since then. But uh, you know, just <laughs> kicking it off for another week. Got a few watch drops in between. Um, getting ready for episode one hundred is pretty cool. Did a little uh, yeah. out- outreach for this this episode. In the meantime, um, you know, just trying to uh, make it towards the milestone. You know, it's a it's a grind, and then. Uh, <laughs> trying to keep the whole the the regular ship afloat if you know what i mean yeah for sure for sure family life work all the all the usual suspects so um no i hear you i hear you and uh we're at 99 we're one away from 100 man i cannot i really really can't believe that yeah i, I tried to think i was like wow that means like you know you, you sit down and you record something and You've done it almost a hundred times now, and it you know takes an hour, two hours, three hours, depending. And it's just like man, like putting that much into something is is almost an accomplishment itself. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's how are pretty. Things, uh, it's pretty good. How are things by you? Good, man. Uh, on the road this week, so uh, pardon my garbled uh, microphone if you can't hear me clearly, but. Uh, uh good just tired it's been a long day um it'll be a long week but i am looking forward to episode 100 uh which is pretty slick to say uh i'm really really excited but you're right i i don't think i think when you sit down and you think about it and you're kind of like holy crap we we did this for this long so um to me that's a it's it's a milestone yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in other news, uh, not much else going on. Just, uh, you know, still plugging away. We've got a little over. We're almost. We're we're getting in between two thirds and three quarters uh, sold on the straps. So that's great. Um, you know, going to end up uh, pulling out the raffle prizes soon. So that's going to be really cool. Also going to do probably one nice. a week throughout october because i like like i said i have a few so in order to kind of get them out there and then get them to where they got to go uh probably gonna pull one a week this way it's not like here's 10 different things have at it you know so that's cool yeah. Um, yeah. i'm excited to reveal some of those thanks again to everybody who helped out many of whom probably listen to this so that's neat um yeah other than that a uh, few new things this week uh let's see so we got a new bell and ross gyro compass that you and i both try to figure out how to read <laughs> well the yeah. thing the thing about this yeah. watch is the br03 gyro, gyro compass and it's got sort of the the north south east west compass rows on the dial mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it has a silhouette of a plane that figures into it somewhere now i couldn't tell if that was supposed to be an hour hand or if that was supposed to be a the the compass pointing it's it's a little unclear it doesn't really say in the description there's kind of a a bigger arrow hand as well and then it looks like some sort of a needle that goes through the whole thing which also more than likely is the compass hand but it's it's got a white tip now you know it doesn't really show seconds i don't know how this damn thing works it it looks okay it's just uh it's a little it, bit of a puzzle it, it it's not bad but i'm i'm almost i'm almost hedging a bet having not seen this in person and and as you said the description doesn't give us any clarification either is it just called a gyro compass because it looks like a compass or is right. it functional like a compass cuz if it's functional that would be kind of cool but I don't think that it is. I think what you're seeing here is you have a giant neon green plane that is your hour hand. You have what almost looks like a GMT hand on a normal timepiece. Right. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of your, I think, your minute hand. And then I think you have the long kind of needle shape. Um, and that's probably your second hand. I'm pretty sure that that's probably how this is done. 
which aesthetically it's cool. Um, I don't know if we needed this, but you know, whatever, you know, pilots, you know, rotor and fixed wing out there might find it cool. And maybe they want to get a gyro compass BRO three. Yeah, I mean, I I can't tell you the last time I've seen somebody who's owned a Bowen Ross. Like I said, I think they're objectively interesting and unique. I just uh, I, I'm trying to find their place uh, amongst the collector community, and I, I don't know who it is. I guess you know what? I guess it's probably a little more interesting than non-collectors because we've seen them before and we mm-hmm. kind of know the song and dance. And as somebody yeah. who hasn't been exposed, they're like. Oh, this is neat. It's not traditional and it's a little, you know, masculine. I, I can get into this, but you know, I try to pl- I try to place where where their market share is, and sometimes I have a hard time figuring it out. It's gotta be the military bros. Like, and I'm not talking about like watch enthusiast military bros. I'm just talking about like military bros. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. You know, people that that you know don't really know a whole lot about watches, like the fact that it's cool, it's got military inspiration. Um, I mean, again, everything's designed with cockpits and, and engaged clusters in mind. Um, so it's kind of cool. That's their shtick, and they're sticking to it, if you will. Sticking to uh, it. <laughs> sticking to it. Uh, Schmidt is sticking to it. Um, but, again, this is just a watch that, if it's not a functional compass, just seems a little bit out of place to me. seems a little lost. Yeah, and I'm always in the camp, like, if you're going to, if you're gonna go that route, just make it functional. You know, yeah. go the whole way. Absolutely. You know, go full send. Don't uh, don't give us uh, you know, like a a, a semi functionality. I'm I'm always more in the camp of just give it to me, and you know, if you got to tack on a few bucks, so be it. Yeah, why not? I mean, or integrate a compass into the strap or or something. If you can't make the watch do the thing, you know what I mean. So, um. Anyway, I, I think the color scheme is kind of cool. The neon color is cool. It looks just like the compass that you find in the planes, which I think is cool. But at the end of the day, I just I don't know who this watch is for. And if it's not a functional compass, in my book, it's it's a little it's a little superfluous. It's a little dumb. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, on to the let's talk. Uh, Blanc Pond dropped a bronze gold. 50 fathoms right on the heel of the 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 thrifty fathoms if you will and i i I gotta say at first glance i was like wow man they're already going into the the mission to moonshine on the on the thrifties here because that's kind of what it looked like at first because it's on a nato and it's it's sort of a a matte gold case yeah and i was like damn i was like is that is that supposed to be like but is that bioceramic i was like oh no that's an actual gold case i mean this this is an actual blanc (laughs) yeah i think i think it's a nice looking watch and it's 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 definitely interesting but it looked like it could have been part of the family that just came out had i not you know Mm -hmm. seen the case back or anything yeah exactly um it's an interesting watch release i think everyone is waiting for this to come in stainless steel um it's kind of what i feel like everyone on the market has been mentioning and particularly just because the watch itself is is pretty it's pretty expensive um and uh upon first glance you might think it's gold um technically it is but it's not the gold that you probably associate uh this is uh bronze gold so um if familiar you know omega has used bronze gold their sister company to the swat to to blanc palm with the swatch group so there's the seamaster 300 heritage in bronze gold i think it was the first watch on the market to use the alloy and then subsequently they came out with a Speedmaster in the chronoscope line that also has bronze gold but i think that those are the only two watches but now it looks like uh blanc pond is probably borrowing some of this technology and using it for their own purposes here uh, on this particular act three. Now, um, I think a lot of people were upset given the price point. Cause I think this is around 32 grand, if I remember correctly, which is a lot for a watch. That's not a full gold watch and a watch that's not on a, you know, bracelet or some type of strap it's on NATO, but it's a Blanc pond. So you kind of, 
expect there to be more cost, I guess. Um, but it's a great looking watch. Like I love the look of it. And, uh, I was reading an article somewhere that basically all of the limited edition variations were sold out already or they had been pre-sold. So whatever they were producing was basically gone anyway. Um, So this one never just like hit the shelves, but the watch looks sick. I mean, it's about as close to the original specs as the, you know, the original military Blanc Pons. Um, And finally, for the love of God, we get the original Blanc Pond case design back you and i have talked about this at length many times before i think we've even talked about it on the podcast this is what blanc pond needs to do if you're going to do a 50 fathoms do the original case it's very simple this is the case that made that watch sexy and i want to see this in steel and i think a lot of people do too yeah and i i thought it was an interesting choice using the bronze gold although if i remember correctly i think have they used sedna before they have yeah right so i i remembered that it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they sort of share that metallurgy technology or whatever you want to call it um but uh but yeah i thought it was an interesting choice like you said no bracelet although i think that might be a little bit much i think if it came on a bracelet I, I think it looks oh, for sure. looks good on the NATO, and I think it, again it'll keep the price a little lower than it would have been. Well, um, but, and, um, and, and again, it's like the Blanc Pond Fifty Fathoms was never on a bracelet, right? Historically, right. right? So, you know, you would have to basically invent a bracelet type to fit this watch. Which, at that point, you're walking a very fine line. You know, like it could look awesome, or it could look downright horrible. Right, and then so, you, you always you always run the risk of trying to rewrite history. Yeah, correct. So I think I think the NATO was a cool choice. Um, I think for a lot of watch bros out there, they're going to complain that that it's obviously not a luxurious enough material. It's obviously a nice NATO strap. Um, obviously, they've sold these watches, so you know you don't even need to worry about trying to go buy one because they're already gone, from what I understand. But this is a cool watch. I mean, we got the moisture indica- we got the moisture indicator. Um, we got my f- one of my favorite divers second hands ever made. Yeah, that's a nice one. That second hand is sick. Uh, and then the ginormous, overly exaggerated numeral scale for the diving bezel. It's great. I mean, it literally is perfect. Um, and this is how it should be. Now, this is what Blanc Pond should make, and they should really slowly start changing their 50 fathoms line that they currently do to emulate more of this design like we don't need the watch to say blanc pawn on the side of the case a la invicta you know what i mean hmm. like it's yes. it's it, it, we, it's just not necessary it's not necessary we know it's blanc pawn it says it from the tile <laughs> you know what i mean uh but overall for me this is a pretty watch um, I think the alloy was an interesting choice, but you know, one that makes it kind of special. And we'll see if maybe this comes out in a maybe normal Blanc Pond Fifty Fathoms, maybe no moisture indicator in a steel version. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I think that'll that'll do quite well. <laughs> I hope so. I think for Blanc Pond's sake, I think I think they hope so. Yeah, well, that you know, it could have been part of the plan. You know, you're you're already sort of raising the awareness, spreading the, you know good news of the brand with the uh the swatch collab so now mm-hmm. you've already got that out there so maybe you're you're gonna sort of give the people what they want it once you bring this aboard in steel and mm-hmm. make a ton of money out of it but who knows we can only hope yeah, yeah. so we can only hope all right uh so here's one that you and i both pass back and forth uh it's a bit of a trippy release it's a it's a micro brand but just looking at it is it's just very kind of jarring uh this is the d1 milano polycarbon sketch uh you're gonna probably have to look this up if you're at home but it's it's an interesting looking watch because it's it's done in an artistic style that makes it look like it's almost two-dimensional and uh it's a little trippy it's it it's it's like um if you saw the the recent ninja turtles release 
they kind of use this t- type of art where it's flat, but then it's 3D and it and mm-hmm. it, it turns mm-hmm. and it's, it kind of plays with your your eyes a little bit. And it's it's a little weird, but I can imagine uh, if you're at it like a meetup and you, and you know you've had a few and then you see this thing, you're gonna be like, oh, uh, like I, I think it's gonna throw you for a loop. But it's yeah, it, it's trippy. It, it it looks like it you know it's it's an amalgam you know an amalgamation of uh plenty of other steel sports watches we've seen already but this has this uh you know like i said this polycarbon sketched out look and it's just i i thought it was at least interesting i thought it was a a weird but interesting concept yeah and the watch is not very expensive i think demon milano is kind of one of these like almost like drop shipping brands or oh, you yeah. know you know one of these things i mean cuz we're talking only a few hundred dollars here from what i can see on the internet um but the watch is cool it's kind of like what wmt does with with their like pixel um like gmts and and submariner homages and things like that like right it, it's kind of got that same that same type of look to it but you know for me it's like it it looks it looks like paper like it looks like it's drawn on there which is cool and even on the case back there's actually like a little pencil and like a line because it's supposed to look like it's you know drawn on oh interesting. um yeah so i think they have the two versions there's like the white sketch and then the black sketch which are the the versions of the polycarbon um and it's cool watch like it's kind of like a nautilusy royal oak combination type situation but um it's cool it's got a seiko quartz movement inside so nothing to write home about but for 195 us like why the hell not <laughs> yeah you know i think they're gonna they're gonna go for probably i guess like a, the luxurious look not so much the movement tech and hope that it sells you know that, that seems to be the the going rate here i mean but again for less of the cost of a moon swatch like why not it's yeah, it's just it's, a, it's just a cool watch and and honestly for me it is a revolutionary design because there's nothing that I know that has looked like this ever, you know? Yeah. I think they're banging on that to, to move these. Um, but it's, it's kind of like time XQE kind of like, you know how they, they're giving you a Pepsi GM, a Pepsi, I don't want to say GMT, but a Pepsi bezel look and you know, it's 200 bucks. So yeah, at that time you couldn't get anything near, you know, anything in that realm. So it was like, Oh yeah, why not? All right. Um, I guess. Oh, the last thing. I mean, I don't know much about these. I just saw these in passing. You would probably know a little more than I do. But uh, long jeans looks like they're they're delving into the uh, sort of the 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 fancy little tank type realm with these Dolce Vitas. Are they, so are these women's models only? Uh, as far as I know, yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, because they have like Jennifer Lawrence is kind of like the main. Um ambassador like showcasing these watches and the dolce vita has has existed for quite some time in the longines family it's basically like your tank style watch um obtainable actually functions so there's no solar beat nonsense here uh but they're all lar- they're all largely quartz and i guess um longine is is classifying these as the um mini dolce vita so i'm assuming it's probably smaller than it has been before um, and we've talked about this too. I think we're starting to see the trend kind of normalize and go back down to kind of more of this petite size for for women. Yeah, um, which is cool. Whatever. Uh, the watches are nice looking. The I think the bracelet is probably my favorite part of the. It watch. does look nice. It looks cool. It's a unique bracelet. It almost reminds me of like, you know, um, like baguette cut diamonds like stacked next to each other to make a link which looks really cool but again nothing mechanical here very very slim profile thin tank style watch it looks really nice um but you know it's quartz all of them will be quartz as they have been for for many years now yeah like i said i kind of saw it in passing and i i just i figured that was the case but i wondered if maybe they made sort of a a jumbo or a, a a slightly more unisex side given the uh sort of uh how the santos has caught on and the tanks have caught on with with men nowadays um i thought maybe they might they might have forayed into that because 
I would assume it's probably at a much more reasonable price point than a Cartier. So, <laughs> well, I mean, again, when you think about too, the Cartiers are largely quartz as well. No, so. I know, I know. <laughs> but yes, so like a standard Dolce Vita without any type of diamonds or anything like that, you're looking around. Um, uh, this one on the low end says sixteen hundred. Um, if you get a Dolce Vita with diamonds and the bracelet, you're looking at just under four grand with diamonds. Um, there's the metal version without diamonds on the bracelet for eighteen fifty. So hmm. just kind of depends on on what style you're going for, right? Okay, and and I don't, and I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if somebody's just out there trying to mess with me. Like after the the tirade I went on last week. Mm-hmm. I had to log in today and I see people passing around a what if Swatch and JLC made a reverso. I wanted to punch somebody after I Are just I just Are had to serious? I just had to go over this last week as to why these just this will never uh, happen. Yeah, this will never happen. Yeah. Makes like, no sense. Like I, I don't understand anymore. And it's not like I, one one of the accounts I saw passing it around was not a like out of the loop account. You know, I was just like Okay, now we're just trying anything. Like it was, look, now before it was Longa, now it's JLC. These are not Swatch family brands. They're not going to collab with Swatch. <laughs> there's, and there's no, and there's no, there's no possibility or reality why this would even take place. Like it, it, this doesn't make any sense. And obviously they didn't listen to episode 98. Clearly not. About, <laughs> and we talked about this because I'm like, this is, this is rocket science. It's not rocket science here. You know, we have a Swatch Group brand, Omega, collaborating with Swatch, another Swatch Group brand, or Swatch and Blanc Pond, both of which are Swatch Group brands. They're not going to cross pollinate and 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 create a collaboration with a different competitor. Least of all, something like Richemont. <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like the least amount of sense possibly made. Look, all it is is probably an algorithm booster, and they're trying to get people to get it clicks and yeah, likes. It's got to be a clickbait. It's got. It's got to. It's got to be all that it is. Because at I the just, end of the day, it's ridiculous. I thought it was funny. I was like, I can't believe I, I had to. I had to let you know, let it rip on this last week, and I got to come over here and do this again. Yeah, Un- for sure. Unbelievable. For sure. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I did put out a little a little q a this week just because like i said we're, we're kind of meandering into episode 100 and i i wanted to get something else in before we did that and and i think i think we have a very fun guest lined up for that so that's gonna be a good one Ooh. um yeah uh so i sent you i think the screenshots of all these from both my account and the rishi's radio account um so i guess we can just kind of pick these and go um i did kind of lay it out there i was like watches or otherwise i always think that's kind of fun to kind of get mm-hmm, off, mm-hmm, off the beaten mm-hmm. path once in a while which is yeah fun. but my, i think most of these are watch questions but um let's see all right let's start with <laughs> uh best watch for a guy with a little wiener and a little bank account asking for a friend <laughs> um i'm gonna have to say um the eggplant watch by uh oh gosh what oh uh, studio underdog thank you yes Very studio nice. underdog i did I, I don't know when when i read this one it immediately came to mind i'm like this would probably make sense for you buddy well, it's got it's an inexpensive, yeah. <laughs> exactly it's an inexpensive chronograph it's got a little bit of the uh the the little man syndrome uh, you know, kind of motif there, but uh, I think it works. Now it's funny when I thought about it, the first watch that came to my mind was uh, like a bagel sport. Oh, you know, like, the, like you never seen the bagel sport? It's like the knockoff Nautilus. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. Go to you can go to Amazon and find it. It's bagel sport, bagel sport Nautilus. It's it it the name. I don't know why you would ever go with bagel sport as your. <laughs> as your brand name oh my god you know i mean a lot of weird things come to mind but they it's it's a complete nautilus rip and it's quartz and it's 
you know, AliExpress quality and yeah, drop shipped. Yeah, so drop shipped to a door near you. So that was what um that was immediately <laughs> what came to mind. When oh we were, my uh, gosh. Even when we were talking about the uh the Milano, I was like, I wonder if this is a bagel sport situation, but I would hope <laughs> I would hope they're a little better than that. And I, and given they were covered on like Warren Wide, I would I would also hope, but you never know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bagel sport. Oh, Check that funny. one out if you've never seen it. Yeah, no, I I just saw it. I'm like, now I can't unsee its hideousness. Now here's an interesting one. What is the most cringe timepiece you've seen dropped in the last ten years? Oh God, do you have an answer for this? I feel like I probably do. I mean, look, I I definitely think all the ones with like the weird stuff on it, like we talked about that Frank Mueller with the. The fornicating rabbits i think that's pretty damn cringe <laughs> and pretty weird and unnecessary all over but i would yes. say it's probably something like that if i had to put or, my finger on it or like an rm69 when we had our erotica episode oh yeah yeah that's a good one that's a that's, good that, yeah that, that's, that's pretty, pretty cringe weird. that's pretty damn cringe and in today's climate too i mean just a few years on like it's it's cancelable now you know what i mean like this is extremely inappropriate for yeah, most I mean, people and Look, I guess if you got that kind of dough, you kind of got F FU money anyway. So it really That's doesn't true. matter. This is true. But this imagine true. imagine being somebody who like wears that somewhere. Maybe you're not even thinking about it. And like it's got some obscene ass message on it. And somebody reads it and they're like, dude. What? <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, this watch that says I want to kiss your, you know, I'm like, eh. you I want to like, kiss your, your butt. Your, your, your <laughs> grandmother reads it. and You're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh i actually i actually do have a, a great story a sidebar so uh, it's, it just came to my mind about that so back in the day you know when i was in high school um i used to uh, you know everybody in my in my high school had a you know subwoofer system whatever you want to call it in your in your yeah in your car right and i drove a, a civic and uh so one day i had my car parked and I guess it must have been my grandmother couldn't get out of the driveway, so she's like, she she went to go move it, and um, oh no, I I can't remember the name of the song. It's by David Banner, and it's basically just all obscenities. And that happened to be on, it happened to be the track on the CD player when she oh, had to move God. my car, and she like confronted me about it, and it was hysterical. Oh God. I think the clean title of the song was Run Girl, but I could be wrong. But it was it was just straight up filth. But it had a very heavy bass line. And so like that's why you know you used to bang it while you drive. But it was like <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's that's good. That's, ah, that's yes. good. Uh grandma definitely heard all of this. And uh this would be an she, awkward conversation. She told me her, later. She told me her ears were bleeding. I was, you know, she was a nice I, church I, lady. So I, I, I can imagine. I'm sure it was also pretty pretty loud in there as well. So yes, you probably blew yes, her eardrums yeah. out too. Yeah, definitely so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we got next? Um, what is the juiciest piece of Watch World gossip you've ever heard? Oh, man. I mean, that's tough. I've been past some pretty damn weird stuff. You like, you I, probably know more because you have a finger on the pulse and, and you've kind of been more behind the scenes with actual people. You know, I don't really collaborate with anybody outside of this space so um you would probably know more about the the juice or or dirty laundry yeah well I, I i wasn't sure if this was about like um like brand wise like somebody doing some underhanded stuff or like you know how some like periscope type stuff where he's out here like airing people out over stuff like that Ooh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. like i wasn't sure if it was that level or if we're talking about like personal things because like i've had some weird dms before where i've gotten very detailed and intimate pieces of people's lives and i'm like i ain't going here like i'm not touching this this is even if true this is not my business yeah and 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 i do remember at one point we had jokingly talked about doing like reading from your dms like your bro dinky yeah that, just... that would be kind of funny <laughs> we should do an episode like that i know we talked about that like super early on in the podcast 
when we first started, but it would be kind of cool to to have you just blindly read some of the most obnoxious DMs. Yeah, I wish I wish I saved them because I have so many that are either just like innocuous or I have a lot of things that now that you know we've we've done the straps and stuff, I've, I'm just like tagged and it comes up as a message. So it's like one more to filter through. But yeah, there's yeah. got to be thousands in there. But it, throughout time, I've had some some kind of funny ones and then other ones that i'm like this is just sad man i don't i don't need to know this and i don't want to know this and, and even if it's true this is not my place to know this um yeah i've had some real interesting ones i've had uh some some personal gossip about people i've had uh some unsolicited risque pictures i i will reiterate unsolicited um <laughs> that have been oh, kind of interesting uh okay all right yeah, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I've, like you said, I've 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 been fortunate enough to sort of hobnob with people, and I've met a lot of interesting folks and some powerful folks, and and uh, had some pretty good times with some people. But um, juicy gossip, I don't know. I mean, you always you always kind of catch wind of like when when I don't know people are being you know intimate and such. But again, not my place. It's not really my thing. So. Uh, but as far as like, I guess as far as like brands go, it's always it's always stuff that's like, oh, you know, it's sort of like the stolen valor thing where like a brand will like, I don't want to say fake heritage, but they'll they'll sort of drum it up a little bit. And yeah, you know, I, I guess everybody does it. It is what it is. You know, it's 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 whether it's um it's marketing, baby. Yeah, exactly. So whether, you know, even even recently, I think Jose was talking about whether or not the 50 fathoms was the first you know dive bezel that that you could rotate and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. i I mean whether it's that or whether you're you know the the explorer talking about summoning everest and then did it didn't it i don't know type of thing so like i said everybody does it i don't i don't know if there's juicy gossip in, in that regard but um you know i've always heard rumors about this brand or that brand secretly using cheap chinese parts i again i don't know i'm I'm not that in the loop to know that but who knows yeah yeah i've heard i've heard the same i mean look and at this point you know personally we're not going to out anybody this is not that type of place but um you know i don't know if i if i really have anything juicy yeah well i i think you'd probably have something more along the lines of the of the uh, inner workings of the the industry type of thing more or like how um yeah but i'm i'm so far removed from it now. yeah you know what i mean like i it was such a it was such a long time ago and 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 most of my contacts that still would reside within the industry they're not sharing deep dark secrets with me unless it's like product related right but even still i mean they're they're pretty kind of you know playing their cards close to the chest because you don't want to ruin relationships the one thing about the industry that i think everyone needs to understand is it's very small um i knew that when i was working in it and and it was painfully evident to people that kind of learn that the hard way um you see it and you're like ah this is not good um so it's it's an industry that really does cannibalize itself and uh in terms of collaborations in terms of different types of people moving from from job to job to job you know within the industry so there's a lot of moving parts and i would say overall it's just like it's important to kind of know too that the industry is just small so you talk crap about people eventually it's going to get back to them um yeah i hear that (laughs) so it just is what it is it's just the reality so but I don't, yeah, I don't have any like juicy gossip. I mean, we kind of talked about. I think probably the juiciest thing that's relevant now is maybe the the Rolex Booker acquisition. But we already talked about that. So, um, what does that mean for the industry? I, I I don't know. We'll find out. Yep. All right. What is or what has been the most rewarding part of recording the past one hundred episodes? It's an, it's an interesting it's, one. It's deep. That's deep. Um, what has been the most rewarding part, right? Um, I would have to say, one, you know, having this be, a, a, I think, a creative outlet for, for both you and I, I think has been extremely helpful because a lot of times in our own personal lives, we, we don't get to talk about these things. 
with family and friends and spouses and things like that. But um, I think the most remarkable thing overall for me is how much you guys have cared and the fact that you've stuck with us and listened to this many episodes and, you know, engage with us and send us messages and AMAs and whatever it is. I mean, that to me, I think is really cool. And it's been exciting to kind of build a small community um, of all of our cheese heads, if you will, that, uh, you know, we're, we're doing stuff and, and it's, and you guys find it interesting and impactful and in some way, I mean, we're just two guys on the internet. Um, but, uh, the fact that you guys are, are sticking with us and, and continuing on for the next episode, a hundred and, and hopefully a thousand more, who knows? But, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I think it's kind of by default is always sort of the people you get to talk to, the people you sort of, uh, make friendships with and stuff. And that, that's always fun and good, but also, I think just being able to to get to know people a little better. I mean, obviously, my you know my my account by its nature has always been sort of you know behind the curtain. Yeah, uh, you know, I I've never really made it about myself. So getting to know people in that regard has been has been good, and and just you know since I've like I said I've I've kind of you know gotten out there and, and rubbed elbows with people, you know. People will talk to me like they know me because they they've they've heard me. They they sort of have an idea who I am now, and yeah. they feel you know confident enough to have a discussion. Whereas you know before people were like very kind of even just in in messaging me were like kind of touch and go. It's like you know I don't know who this dude is, what's what it's about. So that that's yeah been, uh, for sure for sure sort of a fun experience in and of itself. Yeah, I mean you've you've become more than just the the bee in the red box, right? Like you're I like an to actual think. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I mean it's true because your actual face cuz before your account was never you didn't have your face on it. No, not at all. It was all just memes and you know you were basically the the bee in the red box and then now you're the you're an actual person, you're at meetups, you're doing talks, you, you know, you're engaging with people um which I think is cool. It, you know, and I know you personally, like you're an approachable guy. So um, I know this is all interesting to kind of be a little bit of like a watch person that people really want to know more information about, which is, which is unusual, but uh, it, you know, it's cool. I think it's, I think it's warranted. And, and I think that that aspect of what you bring to the table is pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. It's been sort of, uh, you know, an interesting ride and stuff and, and, I've never really, I've never really strived to do the whole like influencer thing or whatever, you know. But I guess when you get an audience, it kind of comes with territory a little bit. Sure. But um, but yeah, it's been fun, and I, and like I said, I think that's sort of the the uh, has sort of been the positive rub in that regards, where you're just you're getting to know people, you kind of um, you know, you sort of just are, are a familiar person to them by default mm -hmm. just because yeah. they, they like i said they know your voice they know sort of where you come from and it's not just about you know ragging on things or or making fun of stuff so i guess that would be it all right i like it i like it let's pick another one here what has been the most memorable episode to record <laughs> that's an interesting one <laughs> I'll tell you my my uh, my favorite episode that we recorded. I don't know if it's the most memorable, but okay. What, 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 uh, my favorite is Watches and Blunders. Oh, that was probably yeah. It was oh one. man, that one was such a good one. It, it was it was really funny to rip in on all the watches that were basically less than stellar last year. Um, and and plus it was just like the greatest episode name. It was so perfect. It was a good one. And and I can't take any credit for that because that was all you and your creative genius. I still every single week, um, and this is a complete sidebar for all of our listeners. I have no idea what these episodes are called. <laughs> all of I do come up with them on the fly. <laughs> Bro comes up with them on the fly, drops them, and in the morning, just like you guys, I see the uploaded podcast, and I'm like, oh, like I literally last week when you dropped FXDs, FXDs. I literally laughed out loud. <laughs> I was in my bed. I saw it pop up and I saw FXDs. 
And I literally chuckled out loud. My kid was in the next room trying to sleep and she heard me, but it was, I, I couldn't help myself because I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. So um, all this is all bros doing. I take no credit at all for this. I'm just the, the talking voice on the, on the, on the other side of the, the screen, if you will. But, but yeah. No, that was definitely that was definitely a good one. And you could tell because that's that's always consistently in our top played one. Um and you know, I think that was just, you know, it was a year where we were starting to get back to a little normalcy. We were expecting mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. big things. We maybe didn't get everything we wanted for uh for that year. And so I think it, it sort of resonated with people. But um <laughs> but uh so I guess sort of also on that note, I mean, I think sometimes people will take the criticisms out of context a little bit like um you know things sometimes you know are and aren't in a vacuum like when we like when we talk about a specific brand a lot of times if i'm speaking about it critically i'll you know i'm thinking about it on its own sort of brand level like i'm not talk i'm not going to talk about you know the the fun little stupid knock around seikos that i like on the same level as something like, you know, whether it be a, you know, a Longine, a Tudor, whatever it might be. Like those yeah, are, sure. if I say one is good and I, and I'm critical of the other one, that doesn't mean I'm putting them on the same level and, and talking about them. It means for where I think it belongs, this is what I think about it. Like I said, you know, if, if I'm talking about like, you know, something cheap and fun and I think it's cool, I'm talking about it on a cheap and fun level. Like if we were talking mm-hmm, about last mm-hmm. week, we were talking about the Tudor. Well, I'm talking about it on their, their, branding level they're presenting us at right if they're trying to compete with x y and z brand that's where i'm thinking about them at right if they're trying to you know pull up the the bootstraps as as rolex's little brother that's where i'm where i'm being critical of them at not necessarily that doesn't make them bad or good that just if this is where i'm being presented this product and and what it's supposed to be and what you know i'm i how it's supposed to be sort of celebrated well that's how i'm going to sort of approach it in my mind and that that's not and again it doesn't really matter it's 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 an opinion one way or the other but i you know i do find that sometimes and i guess it's a natural a natural thing but sometimes people take it a little like a little personally and i'm like it's not it's not that it's yeah 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 it's and and again like you said it's all about context you know, sometimes when you go back yeah. and you listen to these episodes, like it sounds like we're just berating a brand, but we were berating that particular release in that moment, in that particular week. And that's why we number the episodes, right? Like it's it's in that small snapshot of time because, I mean, you and I were talking about this offline, like Tag has come out with some great watches this year and then some not so great watches this year. Yeah, it's but been in that, a little up and down. Yeah, it's been up and down. But in that moment, they did a great watch, and then they followed up with a not-so-great watch. And it doesn't mean that all of TAG is bad. They may be confused as to their direction, um, which is why I think I've heard through the rumor mill there will be a CEO change. Really? At, at TAG. Um, yes. that's kind of, Maybe that is juicy information. Maybe. Are they going to hire somebody out of college? <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, the rumor is from what i understand that he's uh he's a uh, torpedo tagged pretty well and uh is now being moved into a different uh lvmh brand well you know if they listen if they can sort of keep the the hitters that they've been putting out and and do away with the rest i think they're doing all right but see, so i've seen some to, good stuff yeah but i'm trying to see who's who's Whose direction that is. Yeah. Yeah, Who's pulling the strings? Because to me, the most recent hitters in this seem much more focused and much more poignant. And things like the Mario watches and, you know, uh, esoteric Japanese racing car companies, collaboration watches, like those seem more like those seem more like the the design elements of a frivolous like fly by night person who has no sense of direction for the brand. Mm, yeah. And i.e. young CEO. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, the rumor is there'll be a there'll be a CEO change at some point. All right, there we go. Juicy gossip. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. We'll see if it comes to fruition. Don't hold me to it, but we'll find out. 
right. Uh, I'm going to take this next one. Somebody asked for a favorite pasta recipe. See, now, <laughs> I uh, I didn't know if this is a pasta sauce recipe or a pasta fresh pasta recipe, but uh, I'll throw you one anyway. So super easy. Always a crowd pleaser. Potato gnocchi. You boil a bunch of potatoes like you would mashed potatoes. Just chop, you know, peel them, chop them up, toss them in a pot, boil them until they're soft, and you can poke them with a fork. Um, mash them up while they're still warm. Let them cool down. Then you're just gonna uh, mix them with some egg and flour. Roll them up into a ball, and then roll it out into like a long, little maybe inch diameter tube. Cut them into maybe inch and a half long cylinders toss them in the boiling water again for maybe another 30 seconds till they float to the top bang done super easy always fun you get the potato in there it's a nice flavor just make sure you season the water make sure you put some salt and pepper in there you'd be good to go um as far as sauces go i mean i'm always you know i listen i grew up i grew up italian you know i, I did san Gennaro last week i did a whole bunch of stuff um there's a lot of different ways you can go with sauces, not necessarily for this pasta in particular, but overall, um, you know, I think sort of the um, brothy sausage and garlic broth that you would put over like a, usually it's, you find it over like orchetti with broccoli rabe and stuff like that. I think that's really good. I think that's sort of, you know, um, something a lot of people haven't had that I would like to get people more uh, involved with. Um, I'm a big fan of something I usually do for staff meal a lot, whether I have some sort of a, a ham, if it's something nice, like, a you know, something cured, like a prosciutto, serrano ham, or if it's, some people even use plain old deli ham and it works. Um, it's so, you know, you saute that out good with some, some onions, some garlic, and uh, you hit it with a little cream and some butter and you make it nice and thick. And then you, uh, you toss in some peas and you're just good to go. You toss over some pasta, super easy, super light, um, you know, a little rich from the cream, but overall it's, it's very fresh. That's really nice. Um, people are getting very on board with like cacho e pepe nowadays. That's like the, mm. you know, whether you're doing it in the wheel, like I've done where you, you kind of make it from where it picks up all the, the nice gooey gooey cheese in there. That's, that's really cool. Or you could just do it with, you know, you make yourself like a parmesan broth that's, that's, you know, reduced or thickened and you just hit it with a lot of heavy pepper. That's a nice, easy one. You could just toss over like some spaghetti or something. So, Pasta is super versatile and it, it's only gotten much more since, you know, sort of the the internet takeover where before it was, is it sauce? Is it gravy? And you're just hitting it with the old Jersey red. But, mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. yeah, definitely, mm -hmm. uh, definitely play around with it because there's a lot more variation than you think. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of cool recipes out there. You know, carbonara is a little more uh, labor intensive and a little more finessey, but similar idea. Um, you know, you got all your classics too. You're, you're, I, I I can never turn down bolognese. Really good bolognese. Oh, I love bolognese. That is one of my favorites by yeah. far. And you know, and so as as both a culinarian and and an Italian, I can go on for for hours about this probably. But um, but yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned cacio e pepe. I literally had that for dinner tonight. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this sounds good. And I had, it had, uh, it had mushrooms in it too. Okay. This time. Very so nice. Was... Very nice. Yeah. You could always jazz some stuff up with some, some truffle oil and stuff like that also. Yeah. So. It was good, man. It was solid. I wish there was more of it, but it was solid. Definitely. Okay. Uh, ba -ba -ba. Do you think formal suit and tie situations rule is still no steel and dress on leather only? Um, listen, I'm, I'll be straight with you. I think, I think ever since Bond's, been able to pull it off with a tuxedo i think all bets are off yep i would right? agree i think that was sort of the marker of uh you know sort of like when uh you, you see zuckerberg walking around in a t-shirt and target sweatpants like for me that was it like <laughs> there is no dress code anymore there is no, no decorum it's it is what it is and and honestly i mean it's it's whatever you feel is is applicable for that situation i mean you, you go out and you spend five thousand dollars on a watch Who's going to tell you that you can't wear it for a formal occasion? True. You know what I mean? Like, it's not their money. It's your money. It's your hard-earned, you know, work and labor to, to get something that's of quality and that you want it and you want to feel proud about wearing. Wear it for whatever the hell you want to. But I'll say this. I think we're starting to see the resurgence of maybe the dress watch again because yeah. I, I feel like I'm seeing it more often and and I think part of the byproduct of the watch trend trending down in size again 
is that we're going to start to see more people paring down, going back to kind of like that thin alligator strap, thin leather strap, and and doing doing a dress watch. Um, we'll see. But all right, so let's pick it on the winner. What is your gotta watch in your collection? And uh, if not, what what is it? Anyway, I think they want to know what your so your go to go anywhere, do anything, watch in your collection is. Mm. What do you got? Well, you know, I used to be much more in the camp of like, well, I, I just wear, you know, I mean, whatever it was, whether it was the Explorer Two, whether it was, you know, the GMT Speedmaster, whatever it was, like that was I was always like, ah, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really care where you know how I wear my watches, but. I mean, realistically, I've just, I've really just transitioned into, you know, I wear, I wear literally the, I wear the, the Res KX everywhere. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's, that's the ultimate guy to watch. It's, it's super beater. And like, you know, having kids, like, you know, listen, I, I scoop with my left hand when I got to pick one up, when you got a, a crying two, four year old, I, I scoop with the left arm. So sometimes you got a heavy kid in your hand and you're, you're moving around and you bump into stuff. So I, I find myself wearing it more often than not. Um, but yeah, you know, usually I, I usually go with the cheapies to be honest. Right. I, I, I used to be kind of about that provenance, the, Oh, you know, watches are made to be worn and they are. And I, I, I don't really have a problem where I wear them, but I just find myself grabbing for those even more nowadays. Yeah. I'm going to say, for me, it's kind of like an opposite direction because I would say probably the watch that I would wear most versatilely uh, for anything. It really is a go anywhere, do anything watch. Is probably my Aquaterra, my Omega Aquaterra. I don't wear it that much today because I got a Moon Watch, I got a Ploprof, I got other stuff that's kind of been occupying my wrist. I'm wearing my Globemaster now, but um, I would say that for a long time that was my go anywhere, do anything. Because it was dressy, it was sporty, had the water resistancy. I mean, I've done sailing, I've done hunting. I mean, it was inside of a deer once. I mean, like, it, <laughs> and it, I, I, honestly, I mean, it's not, it's it's not it's not a lie. Like, I cleaned a deer wearing an Aquaterra. Like, it sounds crazy. To I wasn't sure people. if maybe you were you were assisting with the uh, the breeding <laughs> process or what have you. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pull this <laughs> this, this foal out this, of here. Yeah, that's gonna... the goal of foal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pull this full out of here. Uh no, but I mean I was cleaning up a deer. My brother and I had gone hunting, and this was years ago, but I remember I was like, he's like, Are you gonna take your watch off? And I was like, Well, it's already covered in blood now. I forgot that I was there, but you know, it is what it is. Like you just do it. Um she's a little worse for wear these days, but uh still love the watch and and I think it's a it's a it's a great watch to do anything in, um, if you're not afraid to, to scratch it. Yeah, no, that that's good. And you know, like I said, I, 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 it's not, it's not to disparage that way of thinking at all. It's, it's, you know, I, if I had something along those lines of like, uh, you know, I guess if I had a smaller collection and I had something, whether it be an Aquaterra, an Explorer, or something truly like that, that would be an easy go to. It's just, I feel like given I have too many choices, and I just find my, it's like the, it's like the memes about, it's like, um. You know, when I have to go shopping for new clothes and it's got like the entire color scheme and it's like, would I buy? And it's just like black or gray. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that is exactly my life. Yeah. 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 When yeah. I look at my, my things in the morning, I'm like, all right, we're going with this. This is what we're doing. And yeah. And, and part and of it's pick, given and, my and you work. Pick your defaults and you pick your defaults. And, and, and again, I totally, I totally understand that. And I think for, for many people, they, they live in that same type of, in that same type of mentality. And yours is different because you're in a kitchen too. There's a lot of metal. There's a lot of things that you Tons, can, yeah. it's, it's not just door handles and seat belts. Like we're talking about like stainless steel backsplashes and stainless steel appliances and everything, even warming trays and yeah, everything. So it's, you know, it's, it's a lot. And I, and I totally get that. You know, I would I would want to wear the opposite of a steel watch in the kitchen. Yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> like the lightest, you know, most impact resistant thing I could possibly put on my wrist. But I think, you know, for me, the the ultimate god of watch is just something that you forget you even have on. Mm, and that's yeah. that's exactly what happened when I was cleaning this deer. It's like 
I just forgot they had it on. So I was like, okay, well, I guess we're we're in it now. It's too late to 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 turn back. So we'll just watch it later. It's fine. All right. Question for you: Will Schmitty ever re- reveal himself, or will he be the Stig on Top Gear? For those who don't know, the Stig was the dude with the helmet. They never really revealed him. Um, Although one time they 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 did unhelmet him. And oh, it that's right. Yeah. It was Michael Schumacher. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. That's very funny. Um, uh, I have no intentions to 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 showcase myself. Um, Again, it's just for personal reasons and for identity reasons and things like that. It's kind of crazy these days uh, on the internet and putting yourself out there. So at least for now, I will remain anonymous and and do my thing. And uh, maybe at one point, if we ever decide to to keep this podcast growing, and if it if if you guys necessitate us changing the format or what we do or how we can interact with you, then maybe 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 Schmitty will adopt a Stig like persona. Uh, bro and I have talked about it before, so maybe that will happen at some point if we get a little bit more serious and, and more interactive. So, <laughs> yeah, listen, if this, if this somehow became a full time job, you can know who he is. Until then, <laughs> until this pays the bills. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yes. Until somebody, yeah, you know, while somebody else still has to pay the bills, it, it's a no. <laughs> but you know, until then, <laughs> until then. Uh, all right. If you weren't working in your current industry, what would you do for a living? Uh, you know, I, th- I think about this all the time still because, you know, it's it's just such a weird, it's such a weird world when I, when I you know, I listen, to a, I listen to a lot of interview podcasts and I'll hear about how people sort of either got their big break or something or how they got yeah. into what they're doing now. And it's always some weird thing and some chance and happenstance or whatever. Um, and you know, there's never really a right way to go about it. Um, I do think being a stand-up comic would be fun. Ooh, I like that. I think I like that'd that. be fun. You get to travel. You I get can, to sort I of can totally see you. You do get that you get a little bit of like the un uncancelable, which is nice. Like, yeah, you know, when you're a comic by trade, you sort of get a pass on 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 making fun on, of stuff on, on certain things. Comedy's yes, a little yes. weird now, but on 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 most things, yes. Well, I agree well, that's you. what I'm saying. You have to, and then you have to grow your brand to be to the point where you're Dave Chappelle, you're Louis C.K., and they just can't. No matter what anybody says about you, you're still sh- selling out your shows, and it doesn't matter. Your money's going right in your pocket. Yeah, that's, yeah. Exactly. That's the coolest part about it to me is that, like, no matter what happens, these dudes will just book up places and. You know, rake cash because they they're still amazing at what they do. Whether you know you're a Bill Burr or whoever you are, and you know, like a, a lot of them told the line, but that's that's comedy, and that's that's even from my own, um, you know, foray into sort of that type of stuff. That's that's both the difficult part, but it's also what makes it funny. Is you have to come as close to the line as possible without going without over. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I know. I always think you know, Bill Burr has that has that whole bit about. He's like, he's like, he's like, you never hit a woman. He's like, but in the instance that he goes into the whole thing about how if he was going to fight a woman and like, they're going to hit you with a right hand first or whatever, like this is a whole funny thing. But he's like, he has to say it 18 times throughout. He's like, you never, ever do it. He's like, you don't even think about it. But if it came up and you're just like, (laughs) this guy's hysterical, you know, like, but that's, that's the funny part about these guys is, you know, they can, they can do that because they have such a name and such a, such a presence, you know, whether it's for their standup or their, their, their podcasts or whatever. I mean, it's funny. Like, I don't, you know, I don't even think Rogan's that that funny of a standup, but you know, his podcast is wildly successful. So, but that's what I mean. Like, you never know how you kind of stumble into stuff. Like, do you think, I don't think it was going to blow up like that when he started. Well, I I think you think of it too, like, you know, not to, not to make this about Joe Rogan, but it's like, this guy was fear factor. And then he was like, yeah, you know, like he did everything. Then he was, you know, UFC. And then starts a podcast and I was like, the number one podcaster in the world. I mean, that's kind of an interesting thing. And like, you're talking about happenstance, just kind of like doing the thing until, into it, it yeah. le- <laughs> until it leads you to something else. Like I remember skinny Rogan making people eat centipedes and stuff. You know yep. what I mean? Like, you know, smelling yep. weird stuff and in, in, in the dark, it, like it was, it was funny, but you know, it's a very different world. Um, For me though, I, you know, I don't know. I, 
I, I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I'd be a pilot. You know, fly places. Or That's mil- cool. Military something. You know, just like I, I I do the diving thing when I can, and you know, I've been thinking about it more and more. Like when I travel for work and things, I'm like, I'd like to be the guy that gets you there. You know, <laughs> and watches kind of go hand in hand with that. So I don't yeah, know. they do. And that's always kind of neat because I from I, I used to know somebody who was a commercial pilot and like you know you, you sort of pick up details here and there, but like I you you let's say you fly to somewhere nice, like you can spend some time there before you mm-hmm. have to hop on a different jet and fly back. So yeah. like you get to sort of do the work and play at the same time a little bit, which is which has always been really cool. Yeah. Agreed. All right, a couple more, and then I think we can wrap this up. Uh, when you make it to episode 500, what do you wish to accomplish with the pod? Uh, I'm going to be honest, man. I, I don't know if we even have a goal. I don't even know if we have a direction, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's more just a, it's really just like a week, a weekly check in type thing. Um, you know, a, a way to, you know, like I said, connect with the folks and, 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 sort of get the ideas out there i mean even look somebody even even dm'd us this week joking around they said they said wow man you guys are really hitting the unpopular watch opinions hard because you you know you, you kind of gave two to the business and you praised hublo in the same episode <laughs> you know and, and that goes back to what i was talking about before sort of judging things on their own plane but um but you know what i mean look i'll be straight with you i think it's an, a necessary thing i to this day, I still don't think there's enough of it out there. I think people are always afraid to speak their mind, afraid to be agreed, agreed, criticized, agreed. afraid to burn bridges. You know, I think everybody would, I feel like everybody who's on social media thinks they've got the chops or the shot or whatever. Like I said, you fall into things sometimes to be that, you know, that influencer type. And well, if I burn my bridges now, I'll never get in a relationship with this brand. Listen, that's probably not going to happen, but I get it. If you're holding out for it, do you, you know, it's fine. Yeah. I, you know, I also think if, if you feel strongly about something, again, it's an opinion, it's not fact. And as long as you can sort of make your case, why not? Like who cares? I, I again, it, it's, it's not, it's not personal. I have, I have no, like, you know, I have no financial skin in the game. I have no personal skin in the game. I just sort of mm-hmm, say the mm-hmm. way I feel things or how they come off to me. And it doesn't mean I feel strongly one way or the other about a specific entity. Like, you know, I, I think I, I told that person, I was like, listen, I've owned more tutors than I know what to do with. You know, I, I, yeah, I had a Pelagos, yeah. I had a Black Bay, I had a Black Bay GMT, I had the Northleg. I, you know, I, I've, I've had ton of, uh, I've had a ton of experience with them. So I feel like I can speak on them about things I didn't like about them and things I did like about them. I, I think I've spoken about both of those things at length on this, you know, I, whether it be oh, for sure. you know, my for first sure. watch or, or the newer things that come out, whatever it is, but you know, it's uh it's um it's just something I wish there was more of is just some some objectivity, some you know, I, a little less uh could not agree more. Could not fear agree more. to speak your mind. I and uh, it's well, a I, across the board, I think, but it just in watches even the same. Well, I mean, it, it's it's like we've said before, it's because there's money behind it. Yeah. Right. There's a way to monetize it. There's a way to 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 capitalize on on the industry. And you know, again, I I sometimes wish I could snap my fingers and go back to, oh man, go back to twenty um, or two thousand six, two thousand seven, when I first kind of got into watches and was discovering things, and you know, seeing how fledgling the industry was back then, where it was just about the blogs. And the blogs were the next logical progression from the forums. And the forums were a deep, dark, horrible place where if you did not have thick skin, you would have gotten eaten alive because you would post a picture of your planet ocean and someone would say it was the shittiest watch I've ever made and you should go die and you should kill yourself for having it. Like, it was dark, man. Like, it was not a nice place. And how dare you post this Seiko SKX 007, this cheap crap Japanese watch. Doesn't even hack. It doesn't even hack. Yeah, exactly. And now it's like one of the most widely revered watches of all time, you know, but back then it was dark and, and, uh, you know, the industry the itself is very fledgling. There was hardly any periodicals and information out there. Um, I always joke with people that have been around the industry for a long time. Like I remember reading a blog to read, not a blog to watch. 
because uh, that was actually the original name for the for the blog. Um, it was called a blog to read, not a blog to watch. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like because at, at that time they covered kind of a few different things, and watches just had to be kind of like a a, a sub aspect of it. And then uh, eventually it became too popular that they they changed it to a blog to watch. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's. And she's changed a lot, and uh, I wish I could go back sometimes to that, but, you know, it is what it is. And I just wish that, you know, through this monetization thing that we could somehow still find a way to be objective and and tell the truth and, and share our feelings. Because, again, at the end of the day, it's just an opinion. It's just a feeling. You know, what I say about Tudor or Tag or Panerai or Omega is it's just my opinion. It's just your opinion. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, we can't sway the masses, if you will. You're going to formulate your own opinion, and I encourage you to do so. So don't ever lose sight of that, I guess. All right. Um, uh, I guess, lastly, we'll go, what What will your memoir be You just saw this one, yeah. Oh. You know, it's funny. Uh, I I once before I and before he, I guess, really blew up. Um, Tony Trina, who was now at Hodinky, uh, when he was uh, his own little corner of the universe uh, at Rescapement, he did an article about me, which was the first one anybody ever did, and I thought it was really wild that anybody even wanted to do that. But it was called "Portrait of a Meme Bro." <laughs> well, I mean, that's. That's it. That that has to be that has to be the title. There's uh, I don't think I don't think there's there's anything that could top that. No, I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. And I was, I was like, yeah, that, that's a really good one. Um <laughs> I don't know if I would have one. And I feel like it's also too, it's like it's 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 one of those important things, like you almost need somebody to pick it for you based on like who you are and like your life and your background it's almost like they need to decide based it on ain't easy done. being cheesy it ain't easy being <laughs> cheesy baby chester cheetah uh yeah he, he coined that one <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah i don't know, I don't know. I don't that's know. something i, I think know. about often but i was like yeah that's uh that's a good one but i, I thought that'd be a funny one to end off on just because it's kind of uh it's it's sort of an ending uh an ending question but <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right. Um, yeah. Thanks everyone who submitted a question. Again, I don't think we get to all of them, which stinks. I wish we had, you know, I, if, if this was Joe Rogan and I could do three hours, probably could get to all of them, but um, yeah. you know, thanks everybody for, for hanging out. Thanks everybody for pitching in. Um, very much looking forward to doing an episode 100. Um, do got to get on board with the third party involved here, but it's definitely gonna be a lot of fun. Um, definitely keep an ear and eye out for that when it comes. So Smithers, unless there's anything else. Nope, that's it, buddy. All right. Au revoir, folks. Mm-hmm.